Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have on, we're always checking your feedback on YouTube and love to be able to take your suggestions and then get them on to future episodes. Today, I'm, I'm going to be joined by Ed from USA Diesel, and I wanted to talk with him about the DCR pump from s and um, Ed sells a ton of them, and I wanted to go through with him his experience helping people that have six, seven power strokes where they have a CP4 failure and what the DCR pump is doing to be able to get those trucks back on the road and then have a reliable solution. So I'm definitely looking forward to today's chat. Before we get to it, I want to remind you, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 40% off MSRP code for you. Use code 2024diesel40 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. Great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. If you need a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, something around the job site or house, they've got a ton of choices for blade steel, blade shape, opening mechanisms, different handle designs, and a ton of knives that are really designed to, to, to fit into any budget. So if you're in the market, make sure and head on over to their website and use code 2024diesel40 for 40% off MSRP. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Ed from USA Diesel and talking about the DCR pump and how it fixes the CP4 failures on 6.7 power strokes. Ed, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. How you been? Hey man, I can't complain. Life is good and getting better. It's 55 degrees in sunny, uh, sunny Des Moines, Iowa, instead of negative 20, like it was a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I can complain. <laughs> I think I had reached out to you guys sometime in January, and I saw you guys had a ton of snow. I don't even know how much there was, and it was super cold. And um, I think kind of hit the Midwest all at one time, but it was it looked pretty, pretty, uh, pretty brutal. You know, uh, you know how much snow there was, Patrick. Uh, the answer is too much. That's <laughs> much snow there was. Too much. When you're F two fifty, when you're a freaking lifted F two fifty, can't make it up your own driveway, and you gotta like, ah, oh, you are kidding me. I gotta walk up this. Oh god, I hope no one's noticing. <laughs> it's horrible. That's <laughs> uh, just fun. But we're out of that. You know, this, the white stuff's gone, and uh, the sun came out today. So uh, you know, life is good and getting better. Well, when I saw that, it reminded me of our last podcast, um, which if any of our listeners haven't caught it, Ed and I uh, were chatting about their new product they have. And I think we the title is um, Less Sit at Idle, which is a huge thing on newer diesels. And we had a lot of questions about it and people that were excited. But I wanted to ask you to tell us any kind of feedback you heard or, or new things that are going on with it. People were excited. They were asking us like, Hey, is it for this model or that model? When are they releasing this one? So I thought it'd be a, a great opportunity to chat with you about that. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, yep, people that have, that have picked this product up and have installed it are just like, Holy sweet Jesus. You mean I don't have to freeze my tootsies off anymore. You know, I got heat in the cab after two minutes on a zero degree cold start. And uh, they, they didn't think that, that such a thing was possible. And, you know, the people that have their auxiliary heaters, like Ford's, Ford, for example, has an auxiliary heater option. It doesn't hold a candle to, to what this product can do and what this product does do. Uh, not to mention, uh, so that the auxiliary heater product that Ford has, it just is for personal comfort. And that's all it is. It doesn't address what, you know, what, what Patrick, you and I would think are the larger are the larger issues, which is just, Hey, I don't want to kill my engine. Hey, I don't want to, I don't have wet stacking in my engine. I don't want to have, um, I don't want to have worse fuel economy. I don't want to clog up my SCR system by running, um, by running inefficiently. And all of a sudden I'm going through death like candy. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I'd, I'd rather go ahead and get my truck to operating temperature faster. So you're talking about going from zero degrees cold start to operating temperature in six minutes. And you're like, how is this possible? Well, I mean, all it is, and I've got it, I've got it right here for us to look at real quick. But this is this is called a liquid heat generator. And it just just spins in the serpentine wheel. Do watch the other episode. We don't have to go into all the details now. But this thing generates 10 times the heat of a space heater. So 50,000 BTUs. And it's just clutch controlled and it kicks in when it needs to and it kicks out when it doesn't need to. And it's it's a reason to know that God loves you and wants you to be happy. I mean, um, and so it's 
actually people are very, very surprised. Man, I thought for sure about there'd be a bigger load on my engine. I thought for sure I'd I'd lose fuel economy, but I'm gaining fuel economy. I thought for sure this, that, and the other. And it's like, yeah, you know, you try it, you'll see. It's absolutely incredible. And one thing we are doing, um, Patrick, just to kind of better get the word out, because all of a sudden, if your neighbor gets it, you might look at it and say, you know what, that's pretty sweet, actually. And so we're having a uh we're having a, a spring sale. This is not going to be a forever thing. Please understand, this is not going to be a forever thing. But right now, if you go to usadiesel.com, it'll take you right to the to the product page for this. This thing that uh, uh, normally sells for $2,400 is on sale for $1,600. Well, wow. okay, yeah, that's a big deal. And it, I would be surprised. I mean, who can who can predict the future? But I would be surprised if we do this again, if we if we offer it at this kind of value proposition again. But so many people are thinking, hey, the answer is I can remote start my truck and just go, you know, let it run all that time. Yeah, you can, but you're burning fuel needlessly. You're putting extra wear and tear on your engine needlessly, and um, and you're you're you know clogging up your your DPF. Uh, going into regen more often as a result of that, your your SCR system isn't happy, your def use isn't happy. There's no good reason to do this. So you do this other product instead, and I mean, it just solves any number of problems. And it's not a Band-Aid, it's a solution. And so that's that's the deal. I can't, I mean, hopefully from your other pad, podcast, or, or the, the last time we were on together, uh, your listeners got a sense of the fact that, you know, we don't want to sell anybody anything. I mean, truly we don't. All we want to do is tell people, hey, this product's out there. It's amazing. It solves the problem. Is that interesting to you? If it is, great. But so many times it's like I, was, I talked to one customer. This is just the other day. He's like, man, I wish I had known about this before. But now my my DPF system is already garbage. I got a bill for $6,700 in his case. Um, you know, to, to, to fix it. I never want to have this happen again, but now my wallet is empty. I can't even afford your, your system to, to not have this problem again. So I'm going to wait for the pocketbook to kind of recover. And I'm like, ah, oh. he's like, if I just known about this before, you mean to tell me I probably wouldn't be having this problem? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, what do you do with that? Right. <laughs> One of the really important parts when you were educating us on it is, it's not just a winter product. It's also a cold start. You know, we're coming into spring and, and other things where you can get that up to operating temperature quicker. There's more efficiency regardless of the season. And I think that was something that a couple of people actually asked me, like somebody said, is this just if I live in a cold climate? And I'm like, no, go to this point in the podcast and, and it talks about it. But I think that that's a really important part. Well, a hundred percent. People think, oh, I live in I live in Miami or I live in Houston or you know Phoenix or something, and you know we don't know we don't we don't know what cold weather is because we're smarter than you Midwest guys. Well, number one, you probably are. So thank you for that. Thank you for pointing out the obvious, you know, Captain Obvious. Appreciate you. I'm just rub it in, why don't you? But uh, but yeah, I mean, even if it's 95 degrees outside, your diesel is not getting up to operating temperature just idling. It is not. And and uh, you know, so you, you you hook up the trailer, and uh, yeah, you're starting at 95 degrees because that was ambient when you started your truck and and so it takes less time than it would take the guy in freaking fargo to, uh, to to get to operating temperature as a result of that quite obviously but when you get to the job site and you're just dropping it in park and you're putting it you know just have the ac running that motor is starting to run colder it just is and so uh that's when the wet stacking happens that's when the dpf is is, is saying oh yep I'm, I'm i'm here for the job sir and so it'll start filtering all that all that crap out of your exhaust to keep our friends with the uh, environmental protection agency happy right and uh but that's when folks are going into regen you know uh, three four times a week some guys three four times a day they're going wow. into and, and you know, I was talking to a customer. God, where was he? Might have, might have been Dallas. I, I'm pretty sure it was Dallas. Um, he was saying that uh, he, he finds himself going on dedicated trips just to get the truck to go into regen. He's like, I have nothing else to do. I just hop in the truck and drive for 30 minutes. Oh my God, why? That's just—it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of fuel. It's a—it's wear and tear on the engine. Why would anybody want to do this if you can avoid all that with a one-time install that takes you about three hours and now it's just done? And there's, I mean, it's, it's set it, forget it. Once you install it, there's nothing else to do. It's got its own ECM. I mean, it really is. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing product. And the price point—I mean, wow—to uh, drop eight hundred bucks, yeah, take my money. And people just go to USA Diesel, usadiesel.com, and then they can they can see it right there. I think it's on the homepage, isn't it? 
Yeah, the uh, on, on uh, so if you go to usadiesel.com, you guys may remember from the last time we're still working on a web developer to, to do a full out launch of usadiesel.com. So technically, right now, uh, if you go to usadiesel.com, it gives you a redirect to our legacy site of thickenrepair.com, but it takes you right to the product page of this product on the Thickham Repair site while we wait for the developers to dot the I's and cross the T's on that site, which we'll probably do a podcast about the launch of that because I'm just <laughs> excited about that. It's been a long time. <laughs> so any of your listeners who own their own shops, who've ever done website development design, they know the pain. And so we're, we should have us like a self-help group or something about this. <laughs> oh, it'll, be, it'll be done next week. And next week comes, oh no, sorry, next week. I've heard stories. I've heard stories about it. <laughs> yeah. It may or may not have happened to one or two of us. So, uh, at any rate, but uh, regardless of our of, of our website and training, uh, you know the. Uh, Tech support from us is always free, and I hope that uh, you know anyone anyone who calls in and wants to have a conversation with us, you know, we'll spend just as much time trying to talk you out of stuff as talking you into stuff. It's 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 never a goal to sell anybody anything. It's just say, hey, here's a solution to your problem. Uh, in some cases, you know, because we sell 16 million auto parts and we rip for everybody, right? I don't have a dog in this in, in this hunt, right? And so you know, it's like, hey, you want to talk injectors? I mean, we sell. I don't even know any brands of injectors, so we can. We, hey, you 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 got you got a, a, a hankering for, you know, for a certain company one way or the other? Yeah, we sell for that company, and we can tell you our experiences with it in a very unfiltered in a very unfiltered way to truly help people out. I love how the industry, and this fits right in line with it, and some other things I wanted to ask you about. How the industry is coming up with these solutions that didn't exist for so long, and they were just band aids. And yeah. I'm starting to see more CB4. of that. That's what I was going to ask you about because you do, you know, have so many brands and you talk to people from all over and the huge thing the last year has been the DCR pump for the six, seven power stroke. And there's so much interest. I know a lot of shops are happy with it. And they're able to to solve that. But I'm thinking about the truck owners out there where they may not have heard about it or they just heard a little bit. They know that their CP4s are, are that's the main issue. But right. they might not know about this this DCR conversion. So I wanted to ask you about that from your perspective, what it addresses, what it solves, the feedback you guys have gotten from the ones you've gotten to customers. Right. And and Patrick, this is such an easy and yet such a complicated conversation. What I want your listeners to internalize is, you know, we've sold um, we've sold solutions to customers that have had this problem already with as little as twenty thousand miles. That's the standing record, by the way. Twenty thousand miles on their truck and their CP4 died on them. Oh, now do we have customers at four hundred thousand miles? They were still going strong. Yes, indeed, we absolutely did. Can anyone speak to why it is that this particular CP4 failed at twenty? No, I mean you can you can conjecture is alive and well, but the the issue is it can fail at twenty, it can fail at one hundred and twenty, it can fail at eighty, it can fail at two forty. It's literally a ticking time bomb. Every single time you start your truck, it's an accident waiting to happen. Just like every single time you start your truck, you know. So we're talking about the liquid heat generator, and oh, I should have I should have mentioned this. I'm sorry, so sorry I didn't. Applicability is available from from model year 17 on up. And so if you've got a 17 on up Ford Chevy or Dodge diesel, we got you. Uh, so the bracketry is already, already ready to rock and roll there. But that just like that's an accident waiting to happen is insofar as, hey, you're going to clog your DPF filter. The CP4 conversation is an accident waiting to happen because if that pump should die, what happens when it dies, there is no outbound, there is no outbound filter on that. And so the pump dies and it sells, it sends shrapnel um, through the injector lines, through the fuel lines, uh, which then kills the injectors. And so now you're not just out the cost of the CP4, the cost of the, of the pump, but you're out the cost of injector lines and you're out the cost of the injectors themselves. And to make matters as absolutely worse as they possibly can, Unlike the Power Stroke 6.0, which is where we got our start 14 years ago, um, where a fella can change injectors, a gal can change injectors by themselves, in order to change injectors on these newer trucks, you need to have the ability to program the, the injector to the truck. And so a, a DIY job all of a sudden becomes not a DIY job. And you're like, man, how much is this going to freaking cost me when this thing dies? Um, it's $10,000. And it's like, oh my. Now... Spirit of complete disclosure, because transparency is everything for us. Uh, your customer, your customers, your listeners—they they 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 may they may uh, gain knowledge if they've had this happen already. 
a ton of insurance companies are actually covering the cost of the repair. How interesting is that? Yeah. But not all of them. And so it's like, okay, so at least now you know, hey, if this ever happens, I should if I say I didn't listen to that Patrick guy and that Ed guy on that diesel podcast, and I didn't do this. I, I was told to do it. I know I should have done it. It's kind of like I should have gone to the gym this morning, and I didn't get that done. Oh, but I know I should, but I didn't. And now I've got a failed CP4. My option is to spend $10,000. You know, it might not be. Call your insurance company, and it may be that you get that covered. You can link it to fuel. You can do whatever. It's absolutely amazing. Um, what percentage? And it's a percentage worth talking about where the insurance companies step in and say, here, I got you on this. So that's fun. But it's kind of like in fuel injection control modules. So we got our start of stick and repair. You know, we have offer lifetime warranty products that we say, hey, warranties are great, but downtime sucks. You know that bad batteries and, and, and weak alternators kill these things, right? Um, why don't you just go ahead and make sure your batteries are top, you know, top shelf and make sure your alternator is where it needs to be. And, and that way you limit the possibility of putting this thing in harm's way. Patrick, it's not fair to get upset at your brand new Michelins when you keep on getting flat tires. I mean, stop driving over nails, right? And so we already know that the CP4 is a problem. We know it causes this. We know it's a ticking time bomb. We know that it's going to be a matter of time before this is a problem. And so all of us together collectively, we can decide, do we want to wait for the problem or do we want to go ahead and solve the problem on a proactive basis? And so what we have is we have this you know, we have the CP4 uh, replacement right here, this DCR conversion. This is the brains of it. This is the brains of the operation. As you can see, you know, it's a one-handed thing. Um, and uh, it's not a difficult install. It's about $2,000 to you. It's available on thickermrepair.com. Uh, lots of other places too, but of course, you know, please buy from me. Just, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, not, we're not more expensive than anybody else. We're the same price or less. So, um, and uh, we price match for 30 days after the sale. But it's not about any of that. It's really about, don't you want to not have a problem? I mean, there's a tremendous number of people who they can absorb the $2,000 for this, but absorbing $10,000, that's a little rough. Yeah, that's right. Hard. That's hard. Uh, not to mention the downtime, right? So, you know, I don't know too many of these guys that, that have their trucks and say, oh yeah, I got, I got three spare trucks in the back. We're good. No, you've got your one truck and you need that truck every day and you want it to work. And, and so, um, well, how do you how do you do this? Well, if you know that, hey, this weekend you got nothing going on, what a great time. Uh, take take the few hours, uh, tear it apart. The, ins the installation directions are amazing. There's some amazingly well done how-to videos, uh, how-to uh, install videos on, on YouTube that are readily, uh, readily uh, able to be found. And uh, yeah, and there's so many people also, Patrick, uh, you know, it's just... <sighs> Towards the end of our last podcast, we got into a little sidebar conversation about so many people believe that they can't because they've been told that they can't. Oh, you can't work on that yourself. Oh, you'll never do this in life. Oh, you'll never amount to anything. Oh, come on. Stop listening to these people. It's time to upgrade your friends. If you're, these, these, you know, as Steve Harvey would say, drop that reference. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so be careful who you listen to. But this is not a difficult install. You can do it yourself. It's not that hard. There's YouTube videos out there that show you how to do it. And and it does not require, um, it does not require uh, Ford IDS or anything like that. So if you have a 2011 to 2019 that's the range, 2011 to 2019, Power Stroke 6.7. This is the product that you want, period. There's no other conversation. You want this, done. Um, just like you want the liquid heat generator, you want this, done. Let's avoid the, in the, in the um, CP4 conversation, let's avoid the $10,000 spend. In the uh, liquid heat generator conversation, let's avoid the, well, in the one case, the $6,700 spend for a DPF. Uh, so we can have, we know that these things are looming. And so because we know that they're out there, because we know that it's a matter of time, you know, up until this moment, you've been able to kick the ball downfield. But at some point, your luck's going to run out. And when it does, it's going to hurt a little bit. And even though I can't tell you, oh, yes, at, you know, 201,423 miles, your CP4 is going to die. Even though I can't tell you that, no one can what I can tell you is that it's a matter of time until it dies. And when it does die, it's going to be catastrophic. That's the thing. So I hope your listeners really stop and ponder this and say, God, it's a lot of money. But 
it's a lot more money to have this other thing happen later. So let me go ahead and just spend a little bit of money to save a whole lot of money and the hassle of downtime later. That was a conversation I had not too long ago. It was after this released and I had a, uh, a friend with a, I think it's 2017, 2018 power stroke. And he's like, you know, I've been doing all this reading, watching YouTube videos, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I want to have fun with my truck and <clears throat> needed to do X, Y, and Z. You know, what's something I should do? I'm like, Hey, you should look at this DCR pump. Cause it is the only complete solution for your truck. And I think he looked at the price and then I didn't talk to him for a while. And then I see a picture on Instagram where he's got a lift kit, wheels and tires, all this stuff. <laughs> he's like, spent the money there. I said, hey, man, what, like, what happened to the DCR pump? He's like, oh, well, you know, this truck doesn't have many miles on it. Uh, you know, I'll be fine. And I'm like, you don't know. I mean, it, it, it's just you don't know, and it's a, it's a big risk. So I think that's something that might tempt. It would tempt me. You know, I'd think, hey, this truck it has got 30,000 miles on it. It's, you know, in really nice condition. I want it to look this way. I got 40, 50, 70,000 miles to save up for this DCR pump. But like you said, if it, if it bites early, there's $10,000 and it's sitting there for a while. Well, and, 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 and I'll tell you that a lot of people, you know, they, uh, and we haven't talked to you and I about this aspect of this conversation at all, but, you know, I am so, I'm so, um, I don't know, um, empathetic, understanding, whatever word you want to use. I get it that coming up with some cash can be hard, but <laughs> it's so difficult to have empathy for the people say, oh, you didn't have money for that, but you got that beautiful lift kit and tires yeah. on. Yeah. I, yeah, life is hard for you. I feel you, brother. I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hashtag brickle problems, right? But, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a listener who's just like, man, is there anything I can do to uh, at least increase the likelihood of being able to go another little while while I'm saving up my nickels. Um, I will tell you um, if it's in winter season, hotshot secret, who knew they've got a product called, um, you know, diesel anti-gel, but there's lubricity elements of this. Yes. This, this will save you down to negative freaking 65 degrees for gelling. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not aware of another company out there who advertises such things and a, a shout to another YouTube channel, a project farm, uh, what a great channel he's got! But uh, he does a whole conversation on different on different anti gels, and uh, this one wins the prize. But people don't realize that when they're fuel gels, yeah, they got clogged filters, yeah, they got all this kind of stuff. But diesel's a lubricity agent; it's not just a fuel. Of course, it's harder on the pump. Of course, it is. Of course, it's harder on 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 your injectors. Of course, it is. So don't you want to run something that's going to actively prevent you from being stuck on the side of the road? That's point one. And oh, by the way, the 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 cetane improvements and all this kind of stuff. And this is like sixteen bucks. It pays for itself and better fuel economy. Oh my goodness, spend the money. This is good for like one hundred and twenty-five gallons, and it's like sixteen dollars take my money, right? Or if it's not in the winter and it's in the summer and you can they have hotshot secret everyday diesel treatment, same exact conversation actually, as far as the cetane boosters and the lubricity and all this kind of stuff to prolong the life of your pump. But now this is $16. I tell you what, if your listeners can't afford $16, they might should buy the Honda, <laughs> but, but they're not going to be able to do obviously what a diesel can do. So there's, there are other options now outside of those options. Um, I am mindful, and maybe this is what you're what you were alluding to. I guess I'm not totally sure. There are disaster prevention kits out there, they call themselves. And it's a lot less than the two grand, right? Uh, it's like four or five hundred bucks. And that's available on our site as well, right? So if you look up disaster prevention kit on pick and repair, uh, you'll see the options. And ironically, uh, it's from the same manufacturer as the DCR, right? Um and just remember, we're vendor agnostic, right? We love everybody and we hate everybody all at the same time. So if somebody, <laughs> somebody releases the product, it's crap. Like, yeah, don't buy that. That's kind of sucks. But this other <laughs> thing that they make is amazing, right? <laughs> and so uh, we kind of give credit where credit's due. So the um, if a customer, if a client, if a, if a listener, if they said, well, okay, yeah, I don't have two grand but I've got something, um, you know, and I can, I can drop 500 bucks. They can get this disaster prevention kit and that will indeed mid mitigate. It will minimize the exposure. Now it's not going to prevent the exposure. The DCR kit will prevent the exposure. You will not have this problem if you go with the DCR um, conversion kit, $2,000 a nice Saturday and you're done. One-time install, never worry about it again. Thank you, Jesus. You do love me. Moving on, 
right? That's the benefit there. But if you just can't and you want to do something to mitigate the exposure, certainly the disaster prevention kit is a way uh, is a way to get there. My only problem with that kit is it does not, well, a couple of problems, I guess. Uh, one, it's not 100%. It's a risk mitigator, not a risk avoider. And that's the thing. There's plenty, it won't take long. Hop on Google, do the search and say, if I get this disaster prevention kit, is it going to actively and totally and wholly prevent my disaster? No, no, it will not. It will mitigate the risk. But there are plenty of cases of people who have installed a kit like that and they've had the problem anyway. And so it's like, oh man. And recognize that all the disaster prevention kit is doing. So there's a couple of elements of this conversation. What is the actual problem really? The actual problem really is that the CP4 pump is not a very good pump. And so when it fails, it's going to leave you on the side of the road. Yes. Keyword, when. When it fails. So it's not a question of if it's going to fail. It's a question of when it's going to fail. So say you're one of the lucky ones and the disaster prevention kit prevented the disaster. You still need a CP4 pump. Yep. Now you're going to take this all apart to replace your CP4 pump after dropping the $500. I mean, I grew up with nothing. I grew up in the inner city. I, you know, I have such an appreciation for, for what money can do. Not that I love money at all. I just know that it, it's a tool in my toolbox, right? And so what I don't want to do is I don't want to spend good money after bad. I don't want to drop five five bills, four bills, whatever the going rate is. I think it's five. Uh, 44, I want to say. I don't know. Check out my website. It's there. But the I don't want to spend that money. And then I wish he had this happen. A guy bought the disaster prevention kit, and then uh, about six months down the road, his freaking CP4 failed. And he's like, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> like, I am so sorry. Yeah, so he, he bought the CP4 disaster prevention kit. It did prevent his disaster, but it didn't prevent the pump from failing. And what did he end up doing? He's like, well, I got to take it apart anyway. Sell me the DCR. Wow. So now it's been two thousand dollars. He spent two thousand five hundred dollars, and he was still on the side of the road with the tow bill. That was kind of spendy, right? And so these are all the things. And what I want your listeners to really, what I want all of us to internalize, there is no right answers. They just they just don't exist, right? Uh, you know, there's plenty of people who have never installed a CP4 replacement, who've not had a problem. They had their truck for three, four, five, six years. They sold it uh, and they got another one and they never had the problem with the pump. There's plenty of people that that is true of, but there's also plenty of people that that's not true of. And so it's like, okay, what's your risk appetite, right? Yep. You know, we're all on black. Are we going to Vegas this weekend? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are we doing? So that's the conversation. So is that is that kind of what you were alluding to, or, or was I going someplace totally wrong with that? We should no, go, no. go back in. No, that was that was right on because I think that's where a lot of truck owners can get confused and lost. They might not have the money for the disaster prevention kit or the DCR pump. And they'll say, is there anything I can do to help? Now they might have the money for the disaster prevention kit, maybe not the DCR pump. And they think, is this a like end all solution and I'm good to go if it fails or, Hey, I've got the money for either option. What should I do? What is the best way to do it? And so I think the way you explained it, it helped me understand a way to approach it regardless of what my budget is. And then I also got to decide as a truck owner, how much risk do I want? It's just so refreshing that there's actually a solution now with the pump itself to be able to solve the issue, which some of the other, you know, like I think of LMLs and, and different products they have for CB3 conversions. Well, they, they've had it for a while. Well, now the six, seven power stroke owners, they got something. Absolutely. And so if you if you are an LML owner and you, and you want to do something, this isn't, I mean, the, what's the problem? The problem isn't an 11 to 19 power stroke. The problem is the freaking CP4 pump, right? Yeah, yep. So the CP4 is everything. So if you've got a CP4 in something else, oh, I don't know, say an LML, right? Uh, there's a CP3 conversion. And yeah, and it's a little less money. It's like uh, $1,600 with, with the replacement pump, right? And so uh, for, for OE power applications, and if you want if you're if you want to uh, support higher power either now or in the future, there's options on top of that. So if you're an LML owner, you can save ish four hundred dollars and still get still get this um, this albatross off your neck that way. So it is super fun, and I love you know just the ingenuity of people, and it's so unbelievable. You look at some of these designs, and you're like, somebody thought of that, and then they implemented it. That's yeah. amazing, right? 
it's so easy to decide, hey, I'm gonna, I, I decided to go to the gym this morning, Patrick. I decided. Did I go? Um, I didn't. <laughs> right? And so somebody actually had the idea and then they they, they put it together and uh, did all the R&D to make this happen. And, you know, the rest of us, we, we're just benefiting. And it, it really is amazing. Um, I will tell you, though, Alma, you can't make this stuff up. We sold somebody a disaster prevention kit for their power stroke because they said they didn't have the money for the DCR conversion. In the same transaction, we sold them a lift kit. <laughs> it kind of circles back. <laughs> wow. this, this, this might have been my friend. Right? the same guy. <laughs> yeah, right? So, uh, but I bring that up as a comical element, sure. But just to say, there really are no right answers, right? And uh, so it's like, okay, yeah, no judgment. You know, hashtag no judgment, but it is fun. <laughs> I just love all these products that are coming out and and uh, that are available to to really. I mean, I wish these trucks just came like this from the factory, but the aftermarket always steps up. It might take them a little bit of time to be able to do it, but it does step in and address these issues that just plague people because those trucks are so popular. I mean, it's the best selling truck in the United States. There's, it's just, it's such a great platform. And to be able to see finally a solution for it, and yeah, you know, it's still relatively new. I know that tons of people, you know, have talked about it, and it was, I think it was late or early last year, I think, when SNS released it, and it just took like Facebook and Instagram by fire. But I still find there's listeners that ask questions and don't they don't know anything exists beyond the disaster prevention kit. So I always like to be able to talk about these things that you know that you're seeing that are true solutions. Um, right you know, to to problems. Well, and and you know, and there's also cases in this in this industry where a a band aid solution was out there, and that was the only thing that existed for a while. And then all of a sudden, now the solution comes forth, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. The disaster prevention kit certainly predated the DCR pumps existence and 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 whatnot. So it's not like it's not that people are sitting on their hands, you know, looking for solutions, you know, um, and that that really you know takes takes the point home and people think that hey just because they they can say turn up their power stroke 60 and they had wonderful success in that that they can also turn up their power stroke 67 um for those of you that uh, your listeners that know uh, the youtube channel power stroke help uh bill hewitt uh, rest his soul actually um he he produced a video on on what happens to the bearing surfaces in a 67 if you tune your 67 and it's like, well, you know, um, yeah, you're going to shorten the life of that motor. You are. And are there tons of people who've, who've tuned their 6.7s? Yeah, any number of them. And there's any number of people who've sold, you know, tuning solutions to their Power Stroke 6.7 that haven't had a problem. But it's it's a conversation about the risk and the reward associated with it to say, what's your risk appetite? Can you afford it if something breaks? You know, it's like, you know, should you go to Vegas if you're, if you can't afford to, to, to spend, if you can't afford to lose that money, you probably shouldn't put it on the craps table. And so <clears throat> I know you want the extra power. Is, is the juice worth the squeeze to you? Uh, maybe it's okay to only go 45 miles an hour up that hill and, and let that, let the traffic pass you while you're pulling your 15,000 pound fifth wheel. I mean, maybe that's okay. You don't need the extra power because it's going to cost you money. Right. And so, at the end of the day, you know, our goal is just to educate our, our customer and say, these are the options that exist. This is what this does for you. You know, and it's it's a lot like, you know, so I referenced, you know, the 6.0 and turning them up. You know, people ask all the time. They're like, hey, I just got a 6.0. What should I do? Well, you should probably get gauges. <laughs> we got a video of that on our own YouTube channel. Uh, gauges are everything, right? I want an indication of what's going on under the hood of my truck because the factory gauges are completely worthless and i'm completely with you patrick that i, I really wish the oems and they're getting there i mean certainly you look at, at the at the data that's available to you in your six seven uh instrument cluster it is way more than the information that was available to you in your 6.0 instrument cluster. Uh, 6.0 instrument cluster is just freaking lying to you. It, you know, it says, oh, yeah, you know, you, you've got perfect oil pressure. Well, you find out later it's a 7 PSI switch. It's on or it's off. And you're like, oh, I thought that told me what my oil pressure was. Well, did you ever think about the fact that cold, hot, idle, redline, that gauge is always dead set in the middle of perfect? Come on, man. You know the OEMs are, are lying to you. <laughs> and, you know, and you notice that your automatic transmission gauge, you know, um, 
you know, it's always dead set in the middle of perfect until it pegs. There's two positions. Uh, actually, I guess there's three modes. There's the pegged mode, there's the middle of the road mode, and then there's the algorithmic <laughs> algorithmic sweep as that happens as the engine warms up where it lies and, and makes you get a warm and fuzzy that it really is showing oh yes we're getting to operating temperature now and you look at the you look at the at the software behind that and you're like it got nothing to do with the temperature of the transmission does it nope <laughs> like oh my goodness so you get like an edge insight cts3 or something that tells you hey i'm running at 157 degrees on my automatic transmission awesome now i know you know, or, hey, now I'm running at, you know, 200 degrees. Maybe I want to pull back a little bit and maybe slow down and not not have to call Ed and ask about the tra automatic transmissions he also sells, right? <laughs> <laughs> but gauges are everything. So I, I know, I don't even know how you're talking about that. Forgive me. But, but the, uh, but yeah, it's all about what can we do to keep, to keep our customers on the road? What can we do to minimize the financial impact to them uh, by giving them early indication of problems, by maximizing their, their fuel economy? Like we talked about the hotshot secret product that pays for itself and prevents you from having to call me up asking about the injectors that I sell, right? All these things are related to all these other things. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about bypass oil filtration or or uh, bypass actually uh, transmission uh, um, fluid uh, filtration. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, anything that we can do to prolong the life of these vehicles, well, that's what we want to do. They are more than five nickels. I'm so glad that you brought up six liters because I, uh, get, I get questions all the time. And it'll be from a listener and... It's either one of two two types. They're either looking at a truck and doesn't have a ton of miles on it. Let's say it's got a hundred, hundred fifty thousand, maybe ninety thousand, something like that. Right. And they say, if I buy this truck, what do I need to do to it to keep it reliable or make it reliable? Or it's somebody who just recently got one and there's a series of upgrades or aftermarket things that have been done to it, and they ask, are these the right ones? Do I need more? And from our last episode, there were there were a lot of comments on YouTube of people saying, I love Ed, I love Fickham Repair. Like they hooked me up 10 years ago. My truck's running awesome. Um, they love what you do. So I thought there's no better person to ask about this topic than you because I don't know. And I like to be able to direct people who do, the experts in that field, and I'm not one of them. So what would you say if a truck is bone stock is important for a six liter owner to look to do it could be three five things something like that that sure. they should do to be able to maximize reliability well um i'll start with the gauges conversation right if you don't know what's going on you can't know what's going on on um on one of my six o's an 05 excursion love that truck oh my god it's awesome uh, massive people hauler right i knew that my alternator was failing a year before I replaced it because gauges told me that truck never left me on the side of the road, Patrick, by the way, my battery light never did come on the uh, factory dash gave me no indication, but I was able to look at the voltage numbers and see that the salt meter was slowly dying a very long and prolonged death. And without gauges, I wouldn't have known, right? Without gauges, I wouldn't have known that my trans temp was getting high when I was pulling through the Rockies, right? I wouldn't have known. I would have no way of knowing that I'm causing premature failure of my transmission in that example. Without the EGT probe, um, I wouldn't have known that, hey, look, moron, you're about to melt a piston. Do you really want to buy an engine? I, I think I don't, right? And so um, gauges are everything. And then there's cases, well, like the EGT probe, you know, Ford didn't put a factory sensor in there for exhaust gas temperatures, but people say, well, what temperature should I always avoid? Well, it's 1500 degrees. Now, this is not to say that if you hit 1600, you're going to necessarily melt the piston, but you're definitely in, in danger territory. You know, don't, don't freaking stay there. And ideally, don't let it get there. Said, well, what, what can I, you know, what can I sustain? I said, not more than 1200 degrees, right? But you can't know that without exhaust. And so, oh, I'm sorry, without it, without an exhaust gas temperature probe. Now, if you find yourself and you're, you're, man, I'm pulling heavy. I'm running 373s in the back end on my F250. I really don't want to migrate to 410s because I, I don't want the fuel economy hit associated with it, even though I know I can migrate to 410s. We can hook you up with that if you want to. But 
well, you know, what can I do to lower my EGTs? Well, four inch exhaust, like, well, stock is three and a half, three and a half to four inches, not that big of a deal. Sure it is. It's pi R squared, 3.14 times radius squared. Uh, that tells you the, 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 the cross section, you'll see that four inch exhaust flows 25% more air. So you're going to lose some exhaust gas temperatures just by putting a, a bigger exhaust in. You're probably going to score a mile to the gallon out of the gate too. So, so all these things are so related, right? So where do you start? You start with gauges. Now, when people say, oh, I got a 6.0, I have to, I have to stud the truck. No, you do not. We got customers with 700,000 miles on their original bolts, right? And, and that's not uncommon. People say, oh, I'd, I'd like to see that. Well, you know, we, we got like 40,000 customers. <laughs> so it, it does exist. And so who are the people that are having to stud their trucks at 70,000 miles or 90,000 miles? Or I had one guy, he had a stud truck at 35,000 miles. He needed studs. Oh, well, what happened? He put a yeah. tuner on it. He turned it up. He put a 120 horsepower tune on it with with a with a 205 30 sets of injectors. What do you want? Come on, man. <laughs> you know. And so, but it, there's plenty of these trucks that you they do last as long as you're as long as you are reasonable with them. If you're not reasonable with them, you're gonna have a problem. You know, certainly would it have been better if. Uh, those head bolts existed not just on the perimeter of the cylinder uh, cylinder head, but they exist, you know, more in the middle, like the like these other motors do. Absolutely, but that's just not the world we're living in. And so, what people don't realize is that what happens if you look at any of the images online, you know, hop on Google Images and look for Power Stroke Six O head gasket, they all blow in the same spot. Where is that? It's the shortest distance between the cylinders. And people say, well, that makes sense. That's where the most pressure is. Actually, no. What's going on is the cylinder head is becoming a tent. It's actually flexing. It's not that the head is lifting, even though it is. It's that the head becomes like a tent. So the, the bolts are on the outside. Bolts are on the outside. There's nothing in the inside. And so when it lifts, it has a tendency, because the pressure is in the middle, it has a tendency to become a tent. And this is why the heads are lifting. Uh, this is why the, not, that's not why the heads are lifting. This is why the, the, the head gaskets are blowing. And so then people say, well, is there a difference from one power stroke 6.0 to the next? Well, yes. Uh, beginning in late 2006, so if your build date is January of 06 or later, you have what are called commonized cylinder heads. And I mean, it sounds like a tangent, but it's all related. <clears throat> the, the cylinder head is 25% thicker. And so because it's 25% thicker, your likelihood, your propensity for blowing heads is way the heck lower. So if you've got an 07 or a late build 06, man, you can probably run a mild tune on that thing and, and still be okay. But recognize the keyword there, probably, right? You're still, you're pushing more power, you're advancing timing to do it. And um, yeah, you're, it's, it's a matter of time, it probably is, but your likelihood is better of not having a problem. Now, Patrick, if you decide, if somebody decides, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and stud my truck and I'm going to send my heads off to the machine shop. Physics works for everyone, right? You don't believe in <laughs> gravity? Try walking off that cliff. See how that works for you. You're not going to be floating. You're going to be, you know, careening to your hopeful, not death, but you understand. And so we say, look, metallurgy is a thing. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold cycles, they matter. And so all of a sudden, the metals are not as strong as they used to be from personal experience. See, experience is what you get five minutes after you needed it. That's what it is. And so what happened is I studded my truck. I didn't know, on this excursion, actually, interestingly, this is years ago. But I studded my truck, took it off the machine, you know, took the heads off. They, the machine shop said, yeah, we got you. You know, we had to take uh, five, six thousandths, whatever it was off, but we're good. Uh, you didn't uh, artificially have too much cylinder um, protrusion after after our work here. And so, um, you know, because they, they also decked the short block and uh, we're, we're, we're totally good. So I spent all that money. And then literally 10 months later, I had a cracked cylinder head. And I'm like, how'd that happen? Well, think about it. Hot, I had 180,000 miles on that motor before I did this job, which, which by the way, was done preventatively. Oh my God, who can think of <laughs> You know, and, and, and so, so we're, all, we're all guilty of this. So I fed into the fear. I wasn't having a problem. I could have just left it alone. It would have been great, but no. You know, umpteen years ago, I listened to the official people called they that said, all oh, those power stroke six motors are garbage. You have to do this. And I caused myself to have this problem. Oh, my goodness. And so 
had to take it all apart, replace the cylinder heads this time, and now, now we're good. And so anybody who's thinking about head gaskets, um, I'm like, you know, or, you know, I say, look, please consider not taking your heads to the machine shop. It might work for you, but can I just sell you a set of heads? I mean, I refer like everyone's dog in the space. So if you really like, you know, Jared Alderson at Kill Devil, or you really like, you know, DK, or you really, whoever, I sell all of everybody's heads and we can talk intelligently about the differences between them, right? And uh, it's not like we don't have them on the shelf, so it's, it's, it's fine. But so many people, they operate in fear and they read on the internet that XYZ and A, B, and C and my best friend's cousin's brother's sister's brother, you know, whatever you understand, had this issue. Just because one-off, just because one-off Bob had an issue, it does not mean that you're going to have an issue. And I've got a 45-minute video on my channel that we'll probably link to that says, you know, um, while you're in there, a head gasket conversation. And that the takeaway from that video is, that there are no right answers. You're going to go in there for heads instead of just waiting until they fail. I mean, I'd encourage you to wait until they fail. I really would. Um, the only people that that's not true for would be the people that immediately are like, this truck doesn't have enough power. I need more. I've tried your Ficum tune. It was amazing. And by the way, Ficum tunes, oh, for 150 bucks, you're not going to find a less expensive upgrade. Please hop on our site. Get a Thickum tune. We'll ship the tuner out to you. You can program it yourself. It makes its power not by advancing the timing, but by uh, prolonging the burn. So there's no increase in peak cylinder head pressures as a result. It's just built-in freaking happiness. It turns your power stroke into a pokey diesel to something that responds a lot more like a gasser while scoring you very commonly one to three miles to the gallon in fuel economy. Across the, oh, I don't even know, 40,000 plus tunes, whatever number it was that we sold, we've had one person want their money back. That is the least expensive upgrade you could that's out there. You know, 150 bucks, spend the money. It's amazing. So you ask what to do. Gauges, a thickum tune, right? Those are the two things. Maybe don't listen to the naysayers on the on the oh, you have to change out your cylinder head gaskets. No, just wait, 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 wait for them to blow. Now, if you tell me that you just need more power and yeah, you want to run those 205 30s and you want to run that, you know, stage two turbo from Charlie Fish over at KC and and everything else. And we were up for Charlie. Charlie's a great human being. And you know, just buy it from us. Right? We're kind of a one-stop shop, you know, kind of thing. And so you can make sure that all the bits and pieces and parts and stuff work together. But if you're going to, if you're going to do all that proactively, because you're going to add power, that's a great reason. If you're going to do it proactively because of something you read on the internet, I guess I'd encourage you to save your money. You're probably not going to have a problem as long as you don't drive like a 17 year old. Right. And so that's what I would say. Now, the only other thing that I would say, and this is a conversation that's true of all of these automatics, and it doesn't matter if it's a 6.0 or a 6.4 or even a 5.4 gasser, which probably can have a lot of listeners that drive 5.4 gassers, but you know, for those that do, okay, fine. They're running the 5R110 automatic transmission. And so the 5R110 automatic transmission is a workhorse. Holy, that is an awesome transmission. It really is. Asterisk. It's kind of like, oh, by the way, little we're doing this on Valentine's Day. That's not going to get released until Valentine's, until over past Valentine's Day. I totally know that. But just a shout out to my brothers, right? Remember your girl. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> didn't have it for you. But the, um, at any rate, what, what uh, the 5R110 does not upshift through fourth gear. It'll downshift into fourth. It will not upshift through fourth. It shifts one, two, three, five, six. And so because it shifts one, two, three, five, six, that shift from third to fifth is super hard on the 200-ish dollar clutch pack that handles that shift. Now, who cares about the $200? What I care about is that to replace that clutch pack involves pulling the tranny, taking it on the bench. Well, now I'm rebuilding my whole stinking thing. Well, what can I do to make life better? Well, what I can do is I can change out this little dude right here. This is a direct solenoid. So this is an aftermarket. What this is, is it's a Ford OEM solenoid that was modified. So it's ported. It's got bigger holes in it. So it allows more fluid to flow as of a point in time to the clutch pack that handles that shift. Now for your uh, listeners that are uh, physics aware, they're like, well, hold on a second, uh, buddy, you're going to drill bigger holes in this thing. It's ported, but they're going to drop line pressure and that, that can't be good. You're 100% right. So this is another solenoid. This is called an EPC, an electronic pressure control solenoid. Okay. 
So what are we going to do? We're going to double the line pressure with this bad boy. So we're going to double the line pressure with this. And with this one, we're going to um, allow more fluid to flow as of a point in time. So you're not going to end up with a double the line pressure net, but you will end up with about four times the flow of fluid to the clutch pack that handles that shift from third to fifth. And so if you want to do something preventatively, that's the thing to do preventatively for an absolute fact. It'll, it'll, it'll absolutely minimally prolong the life out of the transmission that you have. And this is true for stock power. It's even more true if you've got a truck that's been turned up. So if you've got any, I mean, obviously the more power you're pushing, the harder it is on the transmission. Pay attention, right? And they do call this a torque shift transmission. It needs torque to shift. And so for your listeners who have waited too long and they're starting to have shift what's called flare, where you're hopping on the expressway and you see your tack just jump. Uh, and it's like, and then and then it finally engages, like, what the Sam Hill was that? Right. <laughs> and on the way home, it does the exact same thing. You're like, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> right. It's not. But for the people that have had, had that problem, they get a total hall light flashing and all this kind of stuff. They pull codes and it says, oh, solenoid D, you know, taking too long to engage. Well, the reason why solenoid D is taking too long to engage is not because of a problem with solenoid D. Recognize, yes, our kit includes a replacement solenoid D, I understand. But the issue is that your clutch material isn't what it used to be. It's taking too long to engage because there's just not as much material there. And so you waited too long. Ah, that kills my soul right? But if you install these couple of solids, you're probably going to get another 30,000 miles out of it. But keyword, probably, how long have you waited? Every time you have a shift flare event, it's like a thousand miles of wear in that one flare. And it's like, oh my goodness. So if you're having shift flare already, the answer is not, hey, Ed, tell me about the transmissions you sell. The answer is probably, let me say a couple of solenoids for a heck of a lot less than a transmission and push the ball downfield, commonly about 30,000 miles. Now, the other thing that uh, the other symptom of this is you pop it in reverse and it takes a second to engage. Um, it shouldn't. You, sh you shouldn't be able to get your hand off the shift lever and it should already be in reverse. If that's not the case for you, it's the beginning of the end because the direct clutch um, solenoid also handles going into reverse. So those are the two things to know. Now, down the while you're in there conversation, we started to allude to that. I mean, you're listening to probably figure out this guy, you know, he knows a lot, but you know, he's kind of a squirrel train. Yeah, a little bit of that. Sorry, just saying. We all got issues, my friends. <laughs> Everyone else. <laughs> Don't let the while you're in there conversation empty the 401k, right? And so my 45 minute video on while you're in there, a head gasket conversation, it says, hey, look, there's no right answers, but now at least you have a list of things you can consider to do while you're in there. But the 5R110 upgrade, you can stop at just the solenoids. You can. But there's also, uh, depending on the model year of your truck, there are anywhere from five to one pressure switches and the they're plastic switches and or they're just dummy plugs. And you're like, hold it up, they're dummy plugs or they're switches? What the heck's up with that? Well, this is called the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing, right? And so the no version of Ford's ECM, TCM uh, software, nothing, um, ever re referenced the value of these switches, yet they're there, they're functional switches, but they're made out of plastic. And so Ford figured that out eventually, and they're like, okay, we can get rid of the switches and we can put in just plugs. Well, the plugs are made out of plastic. Well, plastic doesn't get stronger with time. It gets brittle. If that plastic plug blows out, you will not be able to get the expletive out of your mouth fast enough that your mom doesn't want you to say. Uh, and you'll need a transmission. And so while you're in there doing the solenoids, let's hook you up with some billet aluminum plugs that you can put in there to replace those. That's just simple, like obviousness, right? Um, you can also, there's a company called Sonics. They make what's called a manual valve. It's the little guy that, uh, that when, you, when you shift, it just slides inside the valve body. And Sonics's valve is slightly oversized. And so it prevents the internal blow-by inside the transmission so you don't have an artificial reduction in line pressure. So yeah, buy a Sonics manual valve while you're in there. Or spend the 20 bucks on a transmission fluid temperature sensor because those love to die and you're going to be staring at the stupid thing. So why wouldn't you do that proactively? And so... You do these things. And then, by the way, uh, for the 6.0 crowd, uh, they may have heard about the fact that the 6.4 people, they have the exact same transmission in their Power Strix 6.4s. 
but they have a differently configured pan. People mistakenly refer to this as a deeper pan. It's not actually deeper. It's just configured differently. And so you don't lose any ground clearance is the point of the conversation. But if you go with the 6.4 style pan, it supports the 6.4 filter. Well, the 6.4 filter is a 149, I'm sorry, I said that backwards. The 6.0 filter is a 149 micron screen. The 6.4 filter is a 15 micron pleated filter. So you end up with 10 times the fluid filtration. Oh my goodness, yes, please take my money. Thank you, right? And so why wouldn't you do that while you're in there? Spend the 75 bucks, whatever it is on the OE pan, get the new filter. And all we would tell people is to look, if you got, I don't know, this is a little fuzzy math, but probably about 120 or 130,000 miles or so or more on your factory trans with the with the screen filter that only filters at 149 microns, probably let us sell you two of the pleated filters. And you can go ahead and install the first one, you know, fresh fluid, fine, whatever, run a thousand miles. That brand new filter is probably going to be in full freaking bypass because you've never filtered that much crap before. And so then a month later, you know, drain your fluid out to a clean container because uh, you're going to reuse it. Please don't uh, replace the fluid twice. And um, now change out your brand new and likely fully clogged filter put a fresh one up in there and refill the thing and, and you're off to the races. And oh, by the way, with that second change out, there's a little bypass filter. They call it a, a toilet paper filter because it looks like a roll of toilet paper behind the front bumper. It's a five micron filter, but I can promise you that that thing's been in full bypass for like ever, unless you've been religious about changing it out because that filter stock in a 6.0 has been filtering from five to 149 microns. That's asking an awful lot for such a tiny filter element and it's bypass. So with this other solution, you end up with a 15 micron full flow filter. So it's not bypass. You're not going to end up with, you know, floaties for an elongated period of time. And you're going to relegate this, bi this bumper filter to five to 15 microns worth of filtration. And so it's just better. Um, so the three things are that I would do, you asked for three, yeah, she's in three to five. We got on a tangent, I guess, get started with that. But the uh, the first one is gauges, absolutely. The second one is a thickum tune, because why not? It's free money. And the third one is go ahead and upgrade. If you if you don't have a ZF6, if you have the 5R110, go ahead and buy the, buy the transmission upgrade, because that's an accident waiting to happen. Just like how we started this conversation, right? Accident waiting to happen with the liquid heat generator, accident waiting to happen with the DCR pump. So this is an accident waiting to happen in your older 6.0. So that's what I would tell you. It all came full circle because when you were talking about these upgrades, and I remember the head stud conversation with six liters years ago. And thinking about the evolution and just because the trucks are older doesn't mean that the development has stopped on them. They've, they've had a resurgence. There's a bunch of new technology, a bunch of new products out there. And I think that's where some of these questions I get from time to time, people get confused because you can find posts from 2007 or eight talking about upgrades. And here we are in 2024 and they think, do I need to do all these things that I read about on you know, a Ford truck forum or something yeah. like that? Or is there new stuff for it? So that's a complete detailed explanation of <laughs> I can direct people now when they ask yeah. me about should I buy the six liter or I just bought it what should I do so that, that's some great information well thank you very much and and uh and you know the reason why that video on while you're in there is 45 minutes long is there's a lot of pieces and parts and it's just hours in the day for me very frankly Patrick but the I don't spend more than a minute talking about any one element of an upgrade to consider while you're in there doing that, doing those head gaskets. But there is a 20, 30 minute conversation with every little element of that to say, you know, do I get a ported intake or not? Do I get a bigger turbo or not? Do I get, you know, uh, a stage two cam or not? Do I get, um, you know, replacement lifters or not? I don't know. Lifter failure is actually really high on the list of why the Power Stroke 6.0 fails. So the lifter, you drop, they call it dropping a lifter. And what they really mean is now you got needle bearings in your low pressure oil pump. And that's just a bad day, you know, uh, time for a motor. So if you've got more than 180,000 miles on your stock build, you probably do want to change out all the lifters and probably don't go with uh, OEM. Here's a case. So when it comes to sensors, like an ICP sensor, an IPR, you know, injection control pressure, ignition pressure limiter sensor, or even, you know, coolant temps and all that kind of stuff. Motorcraft, Motorcraft, and by the way, Motorcraft, 
100% motor craft. If I said motor craft enough, motor craft. You do not want to go after market. You'll, you'll, you will not be happy. I so promise you. There's too many stories. But there are cases where going OEM is not the best. And like the OEM lifter is an example of that. Yeah, getting a new OEM lifter is better than the one that's already got, you know, 200,000 miles on it. Of course it is. But Johnson USA, Johnson Premium USA, they have a better lifter. Now, is it more money? It's more money. I'm sorry. It is. And so, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to spend that money or not? You say, man, I can't afford all of this. Well, okay. Instead of the extra, what, 800-ish dollars uh, for the upcharge between the between the uh, custom link push rods and this lifter, um, maybe you do want to go back with OEM. But if you're taking this thing apart and it's got more than, I'll call it 180,000 miles, I would definitely change up the lifters while you're in there. The bummer with that is you've got to separate the trans from the engine because you can't get to the back the back view because of the uh, high-pressure oil system um, uh, paraphernalia, the plumbing is in the way. But are there any right answers? I hope you're figuring out the answer is no, <laughs> right? Uh, it's what's the pocketbook look like? What's reliability mean to you? How long are you planning on keeping this truck? That is the story. Because the benefit is for the people that do decide, they say, yeah, you know what? Just thinking about it. I live in Arizona. I'm smart. I'm smarter than those people that live in freaking Iowa. And I'm not going to replace my truck because it rusts out, <laughs> right? For the record, I live in Iowa. Uh, so the I'm going to replace my truck when I need to replace it. So I want it to last as long as possible. I might as well go ahead and get the power upgrades. Well, if you're going to get the power upgrades because more power in a power stroke six liter does result in better fuel economy. It just does. The more power you're pushing, the better fuel economy you're getting, just the way it is. So you put a set of two thirties, you put a you know four-inch exhaust, you put a stage two turbo, you put a freaking intercooler in there, you're going to get better fuel economy. You will see your money again over time. But if you only, you know, if you're going to keep this thing for a year or two, oh man, please don't spend your money that way. You'll never see it again, but you will have a smile on your face because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, these are these are all the bits and pieces. Well, I appreciate you going through so much. There's so, there's so much information. A lot of times, like I'll watch the episodes afterwards because I get so engrossed in the conversation that I'm listening, but I want to absorb and learn. I just love to learn about all kinds of diesel trucks and just, even if I don't have them, I just like to know about them so I can have intelligent conversations or say, Hey, call this place or call this guy. He definitely um, knows what he's chatting about. So I appreciate you chatting with us today. And there's, there's always a group of fans we have that are like, Patrick, you should ask this question, or I really want to know about this, and I love getting those. So I always like to make sure when you know we're we're having a conversation. If somebody's got a question I didn't ask, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and the team there? Whether it's about DCR pumps, whether it's about um, you know six liters, whether it's about you know getting up to operating temperatures quicker on their six seven uh, Power Stroke Cummins, their their Duramax. How can they reach out to you guys? Yeah, there's a there's a myriad of ways. It's a question of uh, of of what what me what method works best for them. If they want to have the conversation, which we would strongly encourage, have the conversation, and it's a dynamic exchange. They can they can uh, get us at you know just go to pickandrepair.com. Our number is right there, plastered on the homepage, uh, 515-897-4459. Or they can hit us up on any of the any of the socials, right? Uh, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. They can get us there. We'll respond to their questions that way. There's even an online chat feature on the on on the website where they can go ahead and engage with somebody. So if they're working, they just like this question and they want to go back and forth in time. Any of those methods work, but um, every situation really is different. And it's like one power stroke six, seven is not the same as another power stroke six, seven, because there's too many nuances about what they may or may not have done to the truck. And then also how they use the truck. So I would encourage all of your listeners to please, please, please internalize that even though, well, my truck is stock, it's like every other truck. No, man, how do you use it? Do you put a 15,000-pound trailer behind it or don't you? Do you use it for five-mile trips or 1,500-mile or trips? It matters. All these things are going to affect what our recommendation is. So it's not a one-size-fits-all cookie cutter. And Patrick, I am blessed to have a wonderful team of people. It's not just me, right? So you call and uh, you, you may get me if you're unlucky, but uh, <laughs> probably you're going to get somebody else on the team who's going to be able to very, very, very deeply uh, talk to you about all these topics to get you taken care of. 
I appreciate your time today, Ed. Thanks again. Thank you, Patrick. Always a pleasure, my friend. You'd be good. See ya. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 2024-DIESEL40 for 40% off MSRP. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. If you're in the market for a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, something around the job site, around the house, they've got you covered with a ton of different choices for blade steel, um, handle designs, opening mechanisms, and a ton of knives that are designed to meet any budget. So if you're in the market, head on over, use code 2024-DIESEL40 and get 40% off MSRP. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, John, J. Cole, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube, podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate all your support here in year eight of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you guys want to hear in 2024. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.